0: Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. The greatest
1: time in life to give your life to God is when you're young. Now, that doesn't mean that an older person cannot yield themselves to the Lord and be used of God, but it's thrilling to see young people early on find the will of God for them and fulfill God's purpose for them because they're able to give their entire life to the Lord. And I'm convinced that one of the things we need at this particular juncture is we need to be enlisting young people for God's work. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. I don't mean by that that every young man is going to be a pastor or that every young lady is going to be a missionary. Many of them will be. But I do believe that every young person should learn as early in life as possible that the greatest work in the world is the work of God and the greatest thing they can do with their life is connect themselves to what God is doing in this world. So, yes, I'm on a recruiting mission today. Yes, I have an agenda, and it's not mine. It is the Lord's. We said in our last study that we need workers. Well, let's start with the young people. Let's start by praying that God would raise up another generation of young men and young women who will give themselves to God and let God use them. This is very dear to me because as a very young man, God dealt with me about serving the Lord with my life. And uh, people encouraged me. They prayed for me. They came alongside me. Uh, they, they encouraged me and helped me get started. They put up with me. They taught me. Uh, they very patiently brought me along. And I am forever indebted to so many precious people uh, who gave me a shot. And so we turn to our text today. Because what I'm talking about today is not my idea. It comes straight from God's word. We're in Acts chapter 13, and listen to verse number 5. You remember that Barnabas and Saul have just been set apart and sent out by the church. And the Bible says in verse 5, And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Don't miss that. See, nothing is incidental in Scripture. Nothing is just informational. Uh, There there is a truth here we must not miss. In fact, this is not the first time that we've seen this John, who is their minister. Uh, Back up to the previous page and look at Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 12. Do You remember when Peter was in jail, there was a prayer meeting going on. It was at a certain house. The Bible says when Peter got released, He had considered the thing. He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. This is the same young man, John Mark. That's his name. And so uh, he he shows up first in a household. Uh, I would point out to you he shows up in a household of prayer. That's very important. Every good thing grows in the garden of prayer. Then he's mentioned again at the end of Acts chapter number 12, where the Bible says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they'd fulfilled their ministry, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So he, he came from mother's house, from the place of prayer, and now he is, he's traveling with Barnabas and Saul. They, they bring him along for the ride. By the time you get to our verse today, Acts chapter 13 and verse number 5, he is no longer just observing, watching, traveling with them, The Bible refers to him as their minister. Somebody said uh, this is one of the first missionary interns, uh, a young man getting his experience, working as an apprentice, if you will, in the work of the Lord. But do you see the the progression? Do you see the growth in this young man's life? Now, this is not the end of the story either. We'll come to him again. There'll be a time where he has a failure. Uh, He'll depart from the missionary team. He'll go home. We don't know all the reasons why. Uh, in fact, Paul's going to get a little exasperated with him and frustrated with him. That's not the end of the story either. When you look at Paul's final letter in Second Timothy, guess who he asked for? The same young man. Uh, bring him. He's now profitable to me for the ministry. Uh, what a beautiful story. There's an ebb and flow to this young man's life, but isn't there in all of our lives? I mean, honestly, uh, don't don't all of us have a lot to learn? Haven't all of us had opportunities for somebody to be patient with us? We've made mistakes. We've been restored. We've tried it again. We must do that now for another generation of young people. We must enlist young people for God's work if this glorious gospel is going to continue to advance in our generation. So let me give you three simple truths based on these three verses in Acts 12 and Acts 13 related to this young man, John Mark. Uh, This is really what every young person needs if we're going to get them plugged in to what God is doing in this world First of all, they need to to be exposed to people of prayer. That's where it all started for this young man, in a prayer meeting, uh, connected to to a praying church. If we want to see young people get a passion for souls and a heart for the work of God in this world, uh, we don't just need preaching meetings, and we don't just need activities and fun and games. They need to get serious about the things of God They need to learn something about talking to God themselves. They need to learn something about prayer. And I would point out to you, it started in his home. This is ideal. This is really where it should start, not at the church house, but at our house. We should be teaching our own children. Mom, dad, develop a spiritual um, temperature in your home that is on fire for the Lord, and your kids will catch that. Uh, Pray over them. Pray for them. Pray with them. Let them pray. Uh, Because in the spirit of prayer, God has liberty to speak and work and move. A second thing that every young person needs is not only exposure to people of prayer, but they need the opportunity to spend time with people who are in God's work. That's what happened here with Barnabas and Saul. John Mark was just an observer, if you will, initially. He's a young man traveling with them, seeing it. I still remember uh, some of the first people who took me with them and taught me how to give the gospel, how to begin a conversation with someone about their soul, how to pass out a gospel track, how to pray with someone, a basic, simple things. Someone said more is caught than is taught. There's so much truth in that. And so I would challenge you, get your young people connected to prayer. Get your young people spending time with people who are currently serving the Lord and who have a heart for God. And then here's where they they get off the bench and get in the game. It's our verse today, Acts 13, verse number 5. They must learn to minister themselves. The Bible says they had also John to their minister. Literally, the word is servant. Uh, you, You don't begin by giving young people something to be in charge of. You begin by letting them serve. In the Old Testament, we're told that it's good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. What is a yoke? It's an instrument of service, of labor, of work of bearing of a burden. Uh, Look, we've raised a whole generation of young people who know very little about hard work. We must instill the right kind of work ethic in them, especially as it relates to the work of God. Don't do everything for them. Uh, Let them learn to serve. They won't do it right the first time. They'll make messes just like we all have. Join the club. Get in line. Take a number. But friend, I want to tell you, God wants to use John Mark. And God is going to use John Mark. But first... A Barnabas and a Saul have to see God at work in the life of that young man and say, look, we're going to invest in you. We're going to instruct you, we're going to influence you, and we're going to involve you. By the grace of God, let's get another generation of young people. Start with one, start with somebody, but let's get some young person connected to the spirit and, and practice of prayer, observing and watching the work of God as others are serving, and then participating themselves in the greatest work in the world. Let's
0: enlist young people for God's work. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before He ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel, whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website. Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.